0: praise the lord praise the lord praise the lord god bless you guys my name is josh canalis pastor of mission ebenezer family church um we have a wonderful wonderful wednesday night service here that that we're going to be bringing to everybody um today is ash wednesday and so that's um the catholic church celebrates ash wednesday where they place Black ash here on the forehead in the form of the cross. Um, We don't, um, as Protestants, uh, Pentecostals, we don't necessarily put um, ashes on our forehead. But um, I think it is important that we recognize the day that has been set aside, which represents 40 days of our ascent toward the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ and so the 40 days um of really us taking a good look um at our lives through Christ Jesus through the lens of Christ Jesus through the lens of the word of God and our relationship that has been atoned for atoned meaning atoned for um because of what Jesus did on the cross and then through his resurrection giving us um, the power of the resurrection and the power of the Holy Spirit that comes only through the Son, which is Jesus Christ. And so we're thankful um, that we can celebrate these 40 days in our ascent um, to um, Easter Sunday, the Resurrection Sunday, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're new with us, we want to welcome you to um, our Wednesday night service. I'm Pastor Josh Canalis. Be streaming live right here from uh, the comfort of my own home until um, we are able to change up the venue and head back to the mission. But um, so God bless you and welcome to our services tonight. We are going to be reading an excerpt from um, a book called Show Me the Way by Henry Nowen. Um, This is the first day of Lent that we'll be recognizing and then we are going to be starting our new study In the book of Galatians, in the book of Galatians, one of the letters that Paul wrote to um, really a church in a region um, there in Galatia, which is now modern day Turkey. Can you believe it? Um, And so lots of great stuff there for us to learn from the Word of God so that we can take the Word of God, apply the Word of God to our lives, impact the world by the Word of God. In other words, we become the Word of God to the world. And that is that is powerful. That's fantastic. So welcome to our service tonight. I'm so thankful to be um, able to share the Word of God and to spend some time with you all today. So please get your Bibles, um, pull them out. Please get a journal or notebook or a piece of paper, scratch paper. Keep it handy. All right. Once we dive into the word of the, the teaching of the word of God, we are going to have some very very good um, information, some very very um, important um, knowledge from God's word that I believe is going to bring us into a greater devotion, a greater dedication to Jesus. Praise God. So before we do all that, I do want to give uh, those of you. Uh, From our church an update or anybody that has been following us on online. We've been asking for prayer for my father. He um, went into the hospital two nights ago, middle of the night, woke up with uh, trouble breathing. And so my mom rushed him to the hospital there at Kaiser. And um, they ran a a whole battery of tests um, just to see what was going on. They um, took uh, lab work, and they were able to find out that my dad has pneumonia. But praise God, he's he's um, at home now. He was able to go home today after two and a half days in the hospital, which is an, a miracle in and of itself. It's an answer to prayers. So I want to thank you for praying with us, for, for believing with us, for speaking life over my father, over his situation, um, covering the Canales family in prayer, um, because God does hear the prayers of his people. I do believe that when we pray, the hand of God is moved um, in order to see His will done. So we want to thank you all for your prayers. Uh, but please don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. We want to we want to ask God to con- to do that deeper work, complete healing in His body for a speedy recovery as He recovers there in the comforts of His own home. He said the last two days have been a very lonely two days at home, as you can imagine. Family is not able to be there at the at the hospital. My mom and my my cousin were able to be with him there, check him in um, through emergency, uh, middle of the night, Monday night, and then they had to go home. Um, and of course, um, you, you guys all know my pops, man. He just loves to be around people. He loves the the the. He loves the way everybody cares for him and dotes on him and and looks after him. So, Dad, we love you. Mom, we love you. Chiquita, thank you for being there with my mom. And um, to everybody from the Great Mission Ebenezer Family Church, our friends, our pastor friends that have been praying with us and for us, and for my dad, believing that um, that God would heal my dad, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart and on behalf of our our church, the Great Mission Ebenezer Family Church. We have lots of things to give God the glory for, and like the Apostle Paul encourages us um, in the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, um, to allow the fruit of the Spirit at all times to challenge us onto good works. That is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, uh, gentleness, and of course, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit, which um, God is challenging me in my own personal walk with Him to allow the fruit of the Spirit um, that He speaks of in the book of Galatians to just guide my day. Um, and so um, I'm so blessed and I'm thankful that you're here. Why don't we uh, open up in a word of prayer today? I do have some remarks on our Lenten season, um, Lenten season. And so let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. We ask that you um, would establish your presence here with us in the middle of our service, Father God, be it, albeit, via. Um, a facebook or youtube through our church website whatever the case may be father we thank you and we love you father we ask that you would speak uh boldly father god to us that you would minister to our hearts father god that you would draw us in closer to you and that the one sole purpose and then the one sole thing that we would we would see father god is how you you work out all things for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose so father make our faith strong. Father, help us to be um, rooted in our faith. Help us to have strong convictions in our faith. Help us to have sound doctrine, Father God, that leads us and guides us and keeps us close to the word of God that has been passed down from our fathers and our mothers um, in the spiritual realm. Father, we love you and we thank you. We pray that you'd open our minds, that you'd open our hearts, and that you'd open our spiritual eyes, that we might see beautiful things in your law today. We pray all this in Jesus' name, and the people of God said, Amen, amen, amen. So, I'd like to begin today by <clears throat> uh, beginning with our first day of the Lenten season, um, and that is the 40 days that precede um, Resurrection Sunday. All right. What's interesting is that there are two major blocks of days that both lead up to uh, 40 days that lead up to Easter, and then 50 days after Easter is the day of Pentecost. So we have these great big uh, symbolic numbers of 40 and 50, all right? 40 and 50. 40 being uh, the days that represent repentance um, of our sin to Jesus Christ, and then on Easter Sunday, we are celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the fact that he conquered sin and he dealt with sin on the cross and and, and defeated death, defeated the enemy. Amen. Can somebody get excited about that and say amen? Um, and then 50 days after Jesus conquered death, conquered Satan, and overcame um, the sin of the world, The Holy Spirit came and fell upon those that were waiting there in Jerusalem in the upper room so that they would be empowered and so that they would recognize that they are to be sent into the world to bring the good news of Jesus Christ. So we could say that the first 40 days leading up to Easter are our days of preparation, our days of consecration, our days of repentance. There are 40 days of us recognizing that we are... That we are sinners, man, and we have to we have to deal with the sin that is in us, the selfishness that is in us. And then we celebrate Jesus' resurrection on that Easter Sunday, 40 days from now. We will celebrate the fact that Jesus did not stay dead, but he rose up from the grave. He bust out of the tomb. Um, and Jesus walked the earth for over 40 days, witnessed by over 500 people. And then 50 days after the resurrection, the Holy Spirit, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, which was His promise, His comforter, His paraclete. Jesus sent us His counselor to come and be with us, to baptize us with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist prophesied about this. He says, I baptize with water, but there is one who who comes after me who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, and that is Jesus Christ Himself. And so on that 50th day, After the resurrection, the Holy Spirit empowered His church to go into the world, to reach all the world, to not be overcome, to not be defeated, but to be empowered by um, God Himself to do the work of the ministry and seeing all the world come to repentance through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so today, you guys, we are going to start by... um, reading a, a portion of scripture in Ezekiel, chapter 18, verses 30 through 32. We're going to read this passage, and I have a, a, little, a little guest right here. You want to say hi to everybody, Lola? We're having church right now, Lola. You want to stick around? Okay. So we're going to read a passage out of Ezekiel, chapter 18, verses 30 through 32. We begin with a very stern word. A very stern word here in Ezekiel. It says, I shall judge each of you by what that person does, declares the the Lord Yahweh. Repent, renounce all your crimes, avoid all occasions for guilt, shake off all the crimes you have committed, and make yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why die, house of Israel? I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord Yahweh. So repent and live. So God is calling us to repentance. God is calling us to a place of recognition, a place of recognizing our brokenness. God is calling us to a place of recognizing the sin in our lives. Now let me read an excerpt from Henry Nouwen. Henry Nouwen was a tremendous practitioner of the Word of God. He was a monk who committed himself to the ways of God in such a, a humble way. He spent large portion of his years ministering at a, um, a hospital for the mentally ill. He would share the gospel with those who were mentally ill and loving truly the unlovely. And so when we read um, portions from Henry Nowen's Show Me the Way, a Lenten season. I pray that it blesses you. I pray pray that it ministers to you um, and that we're able to reflect upon God's goodness to each and every one of us. Amen. The Lenten season begins. It's a time to be with you in a special way, a time to pray, to fast, and thus to follow you on your way to Jerusalem, to Golgotha. Golgotha meaning the place where Christ was crucified. Golgotha means place of the school, um, which is where we get the word Calvary. And Calvary, of course, um, in Spanish is where we get the word Calavera, all right, or the Latin word. Um, So we're, we're connecting all of these words together. And to the final victory over death. I'm still so divided, Nawan says. I truly want to follow you, but I also want to follow my own desires and lend an ear to the voices that speak about prestige, success, human respect, pleasure, power, and influence. Help me to become deaf to these voices and more attentive to your voice, Nawan says which calls me to choose the narrow road to life. I know that Lent is going to be a very hard time for me. The choice for your way has to be made every moment of my life. I have to choose thoughts that are your thoughts. Words that are your words and actions that are your actions. There are no times or places without choices. And I know how deeply I resist choosing you. Let me pause there for a moment. How many of us have ever struggled, resisted God, resisted his word, resisted the spirit of God and chose the flesh, chose the things of this carnal world? This is a very sobering word to us. Please, Lord, be with me at every moment and in every place. Give me the strength and the courage to live this season faithfully so that when Easter comes, I will be able to taste with joy the new life which you have prepared for me. Amen. God's mercy is greater than our sins. Yes, it is. There is an awareness of sin that does not lead to God but to self-preoccupation. Our temptation is to be so impressed by our own sins and failings, and so overwhelmed by our lack of generosity, that we get stuck in a paralyzing guilt. It is the guilt that says, I am too sinful to deserve God's mercy. It is the guilt that leads to introspection instead of directing our eyes to God. It is the guilt that has become an idol, and therefore a form of pride. Wow. Lent is the time to break down this idol and to direct our attention to our loving God. Hallelujah. The question is, are we like Judas who was so overcome by his sin that he could not believe in God's mercy any longer and hanged himself? Or are we like Peter who returned to his Lord with repentance and cried bitterly for his sins? The season of Lent, during which winter and spring struggle with each other for dominance, helps us in a special way to cry out for God's mercy. And Henry Nouwen offers a prayer for us. Faithful God, trusting in you, we begin. The 40 days of conversion and penance. Give us the strength for Christian discipline that we may renounce evil and be decisive in doing good. We ask this through Jesus Christ. Wow, what a blessing. What a profound start of our Lenten season that we're reminded by our brother, the great late theologian, Henry Nouwen, that we are not to focus on our sin so as to make it an idol, not to worship our sin to the point where we cannot move on from our own guilt, because that's when we forget that Jesus died on the cross for us, and Jesus has dealt with our sin. That we don't fall so deeply into introspection and looking at ourself that we become preoccupied with ourself or our fallen being or our brokenness. But no, that we choose to hold in the balance of our walk with Jesus. The fact that we are sinners, and that we recognize and acknowledge that, but also that we celebrate, and that we can get back up again, and that we choose to walk with Jesus, this life that He has called us to as Christian brothers and sisters, a part of the body of Christ. Isn't that what Christianity is anyway? A devotion to Jesus Christ, entrusting Him that He dealt with our sin on the cross, And because of that, he does a transformation in us. He regenerates us. He regenerates our soul, our mind, our heart, our way of living. To the point where our life no longer looks like the life of the past, our former life. But we can truly become new creations in Christ Jesus. And that is the power of the cross. That we are testifying about and that we testify about each day. Today we have a special time of, of prayer and um, at this moment I am going to be seeking out my anointing oil and I'm gonna invite each and every one of you to to grab your anointing oil. So go ahead and go to that place whether it's on a shelf on a drawer. Let's go ahead and 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 seek out your anointing oil. And what this is, is this is simply a vial of anointing oil. This is olive oil. And olive oil was, was poured into this vial by um, our volunteers at church, our loving Auntie KK and, and Sister Olivia and Sister Rosa, who filled up these vials of anointing oil. And we have the scripture, Luke 9 verses 1 and 2 on these. And And we gave these out on Christmas Sunday to everybody who was in attendance at church that week. Well, guess what? We have about 300 vials left um, because we filled filled about 700 vials. We have about 300 left. So if you want to come by the church, if you have not received your anointing oil and you'd like to come by and, and pick up as many as you need for you and each person in your family, we'd love for you guys to come and and do that, especially these 40 days leading to Resurrection Sunday. And so I'm going to ask that you would take um, your anointing oil. I'm going to take mine, and I'm going to anoint my forehead right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, I anoint my head, I anoint my body, my life, Father God, and my spirit, Father, as I uh, commend myself to you, Lord Jesus, I consecrate myself to you, along with everybody else that is with us, Father, on our Ash Wednesday service. Though we do, we do not practice um, placing ashes on our forehead like the, the, the Holy Roman Catholic Church, but we as Protestants do like to recognize our Lenten season. And our preference is to use anointing oil, representing the presence of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit that goes with us each and every day, by this olive oil that we are blessed with. So I hope you enjoyed our our Wednesday night um, service here as we uh, welcome in our Lenten season, which is the 40 days. In Spanish, it's la cuaresma, all right? Not all of you speak Spanish or or may follow uh, our our Hispanic customs, but la cuaresma simply means the 40-day block. The forty days leading up to the resurrection, praise God, Amen, Amen. I pray that you're um, you're receiving a blessing right now as we get ready to to dive into the Word of God. So we're gonna go and turn our attention now to the book of Galatians. So please, would you pull out your Bibles? Would you go to the book of Galatians? Galatians is the first book after. 2 Corinthians. And the reason why I say the first book, because it's the first of Paul's smaller epistles. It's the first small letter or small epistle that Paul writes. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over some of the letters that Paul has written that we learn from and that we, we study in the Word of God here in just a moment. Amen. Hopefully you have your Bibles. If you don't have your Bible, come on, y'all, go ahead and grab your Bible. Because if you don't have your Bible, you're just listening. And, uh, and, and but we don't want you just to listen. We want you to be students of the Word of God. And so I want you to participate with me um, in our Bible study tonight. All right. So we are in the book of Galatians. Now, I'd like to begin by Going over some introductory elements uh, pertaining to the book of Galatians. So, if you have your journal, I want you to go ahead and jot some of these interesting points or facts down that may help you understand Paul's letter to the Galatians. Okay? In Spanish, that is Galatas. All right? And so, first of all, we need to understand that the book of Galatians was written by the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul wrote. Approximately two-thirds of our New Testament or the New Covenant that we refer to very often. Um, The New Testament being the scriptures pertaining to and focusing on the birth, life, ministry, um, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, including the early church, the first church. So that's what the New Testament is. It's God's way of revealing himself to us through the inspired word of God that the Holy Spirit um, gave to these men as they penned these books, whether narrative books or these letters, these letters that were uh, formative, not informative, but formative. In other words, they helped to form. They brought formation to the early church to early uh, thought, to early belief, to early doctrine, to who Jesus was. And we call that the good news. We call that the good news or the evangel. Evangel means good news. Evangel comes from the Greek word euangelion. And euangelion means um, simply good um, message, uh, Eu, which is E-U or E-V, means good, and Angelas or angelon is, means message, all right? So that's where we get the word good news from. So the evangel or the good news of Jesus Christ, all right? So Paul wrote the book of Galatians approximately 50 AD. Now what is significant about this for us is that That probably means that Galatians was Paul's first letter. It probably means that it was his first book that he ever wrote. Many people refer to uh, Galatians as the um, Magna Carta or the Grand Letter, which helps to spell out our faith, oftentimes used as an apologetic Apologetic simply means to defend the faith and the essence of the faith, protecting our doctrine so as to prevent Judaizers or detractors. Judaizers were those who believed in Christ, but who believed that they needed to bring the Old Testament tradition, the Old Testament teachings, and the Old Testament practices and placed them as boundaries and limitations upon our faith in Christ Jesus. And Paul thought that it was very unfair of the Judaizers to do that, because it meant that you were no longer living according to the Spirit, or living under the grace of God, which he broke all shackles from the law, the law of works, or the law of Moses, which, um, which we, we read about in the Old Testament, The Old Testament, of course, being the ancient scriptures that speak to the coming of Christ, the coming of Messiah, the coming of the one who would deliver the world from all of our sin. And so the Old Testament utilized the the giving of the law of Moses for the people of Israel to be a type of custodian, to be a type of incubator that would then produce The child that will then produce the gift who is Jesus Christ. And the Old Testament and everything that it offers us was good and it was great. And it served its purpose for a day and for a season and for a time. A great epic in the history of humankind and the history of the world. However, once Jesus came and touched down. Once Jesus came and landed his wheels here on the earth um, in his Smooth landing. Um, Jesus then released us from this um, this burden of being yoked by this the the law of Moses, which was really according to works, meaning we could earn our salvation if we did A, B, and C. That we could um, be we could be living in and under the grace of God if we did A, B, and C. Well. God said, if I sent my son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for your sins and my sins, then what good would it serve you to think that you could earn your salvation? In other words, it means that you are, um, you are doing away with the work of the cross, the blood of Jesus that was spilt for um, all of us that ran down the cross all the way onto the ground. And in doing so, we negate the cross, the power of the cross, the efficacy of the cross and the blood of Jesus And then saying, we can earn our salvation on our own. It means we can save ourselves. But the New Testament speaks to the fact that we cannot save ourselves. Our goodness cannot save ourselves. Our works cannot save ourselves. But only by the work, the life, the man himself... The God man himself, Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, who came from heaven, who was, who is, and who always will be, delivered the world from its sin. And that's the good news. And so Paul writes this letter to the Galatians as a way of demonstrating to those in Galatia that they need to place their trust in Jesus and not be bound by the old law. So what it means is he was speaking to a very uh, heavily influenced Jewish audience. Jews who had put their faith in Jesus Christ, but who were starting to re- revert back to old ways. Um, so the region of Galatia, you guys, is was not a city like many of the other letters that Paul um, has written to that we find here in the New Testament. The letter written to the Galatians is more like a region, a state, or a country, a big uh, landmass, an area, much like California. Um, although we have probably way more people living in California, not probably, I'm, I'm certain. We have more people living in California than they had living in Galatia there in the first um, century early church. Nonetheless, Paul writes this letter to the Galatians to try and get them to open their eyes, to try and get them to lift their head up and to start refocusing on the gospel that they first received. And that gospel was the very thing that liberated them from the bondage that the law of Moses had people living in. Amen. Um, And so let's continue. If Paul is writing to the Galatians, um, I believe that he was writing from Antioch. And the reason why I believe that Paul was writing from Antioch is because later on in a couple of chapters, we will see that he um, here in the scripture, he says, and when such and such came to Antioch. And so when Paul says he came to Antioch, to me, it means that Paul was writing as if he was still there when they came to Antioch. In other words, if Paul was writing from a different place, I would argue Paul would have said, and when they went to Antioch or when they had gone to Antioch, but no, when he says when they came, in other words, when they came to the place where he was, that is the, um, the key for me in believing that Paul was probably writing from Antioch. And what's the significance of Antioch for us, Christians? What's the sig- significance for the early church? This city called Antioch or this place called Antioch. Do any of you guys know? Any of you guys want to want to type in there in the, the comment section? Are you guys tracking with me? What's the significance of Antioch? I'm gonna wait here just a, a few seconds. To see if any of you guys were able to pick up on that, um, if you can help us along in understanding why um, Antioch was a significant place um, for the early Christians, and if any you guys want to want to take a crack at that, I'm gonna go ahead and wait. And if you guys going once, going twice, all right, praise God. Well. At Antioch, that is where Christians were called, or believers or followers of Christ were called Christians for the very first time, Christianoi. And according to chapter 2, verse 11, here in the book of Galatians, turn with me there now, turn with me to chapter 2, verse 11, where it says, When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. So, um, as you can see there, Paul says, "When Peter came to Antioch, came means come. Came, he comes to where I am. That's what Paul is saying. And Antioch, you guys, was a place when when the Christians were were um, spread into the diaspora. Christians were spread all over. All right, uh, Jews were were sent away from Jerusalem by Nero, who was trying to kill and persecute Christians." And so in the diaspora, Christians were able to go to all these um, places around the Mediterranean region, and our faith, our Christian faith was able to grow because of the infrastructures that the Romans had established and the road systems that were in place. So I'm a history major. I studied history at the University of Florida, American history, world history, and um, Religious history. I transferred to UCLA. I spent most of my, my time on North Campus. Um, I was a history major at UCLA. I got my degree in history. Most, mostly human history, um, where we study um, the, the rise and fall of nations. We study how people live, how they think, and how history repeats itself. And so in my studies of world history, I was able to make some connections and how the Bible um, is really validated um, a lot in the history of the world. I studied the history of of the Romans and in my studies um, of history of Romans, one of my buddies, uh, Michael Rivera, who grew up in our church as well. He's now an attorney. He's a lawyer. um, We showed up in class and I said, Mike, it was so cool. Oh, so anyways, we studied uh, the history of Rome together, history of the Romans. We were able to understand and make so many great connections to the Roman history and how, how Rome has influenced our Western civilization, our Western way of thought, and how the Word of God has been impacted by all of the successes, the achievements, and all of the bad stuff as well. How many of you guys know that God uses everything for His glory? God can use everything for his glory, including um, nation, nation states, um, rulers, governors, kings to push forth God's agenda. Uh, I'm thankful that I'm a part of God's agenda and that he's not a part of mine. I'm thankful that God has, has um, called me to be one of his own, one of his children and has opened my eyes and opened my hearts to see that his son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for my sins. Praise God. You guys doing all right? Okay, so all of that to say that our Christian faith um, continues to impact the world and that our faith is based on and based in, rooted in, none other than Jesus Christ himself, God. Galatians chapter 1, I hope that you have a better understanding now of who we're talking to. Paul's talking to the people in Galatia. A region, a state, um, a great area there in the Mediterranean world. Which is now modern day Turkey. Paul, an apostle, sent from men. Sent not from men, nor by man. But by Jesus Christ and God the Father. I want to stop there for a moment. His name is Paul. All right. And Paul um, was his Christian name, Saul was his Jewish name. But the word Paulos was given to Paul um, once he had placed his focus, his, his zealousness um, from Judaism towards Christianity, towards faith in Christ. It says Paul, Paulus, an apostle. Let me pause there for a moment. Let's focus on the word apostle. The word apostle is the word in Greek Apostolos. A-P-O-S-T-O-L-O-S. Apostolos. And apostolos means one who is sent. And we we can make a connection between apostolos and apostello. Apostello means to send. Um, right? To send. To send away. The Greek prefix A-P-O, Apo, okay, where I like to make the connection, and it's not spelled the same, but A-P-O, Apo, means away from, like opposite. That's how I made the connection when I studied Greek and learned the language of how to read the Greek text and then make my translations into English so that I can understand A little more fluidly and more in depth, what the Word of God is trying to speak to this guy right here. As I faithfully devote myself to bringing the Word to every one of you guys who are listening, um, and all of us on this journey toward a growth and a maturity in the fullness of Jesus Christ as the body of Christ. We encourage and lift up one another. Paul, an apostle. Paul, one who is sent. Look what he says. Now he builds on that. Notice what Paul is doing here now in the language. He says, Paul, an apostle, one who is sent. Then he says, sent not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ. And God the Father, who raised him from the dead. So in other words, he makes a distinction here. He says, I am one who is sent. And the sender is not mankind. It's not any man, but it is God himself. Notice here that he says, I am sent on behalf of Jesus Christ, who is the very incarnation of God or God the Father. And then Paul ascribes an even greater power or authority to God the Father. Look what he says. But by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised Him from the dead. God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. This is very sound doctrine. This is good theology. Paul is very consistent in how he speaks of God the Father. Everybody say, Abba, Father. Everybody say, Abba. God the Father. Now, Paul then gives this great power and authority and supreme recognition to God the Father. And he says that it's God the Father who raised his own son, Jesus Christ, from the dead, which speaks to what Jesus has said and that we have learned from Jesus in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke being the Synoptic Gospels, Synoptic spelled S-Y-N-O-P-T-I-C-S. Synoptic means shared view. Sin, S Y N means soon, which means coming together, and optic. Sin, optic means seeing. So it's a viewpoint that comes together. So the three that we learn about Jesus Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then John being the fourth gospel Jesus speaks to the fact that there are things that he has given to the Father. And only for the Father's purposes, such as the return of Jesus Christ, right? Jesus says, I will go and I will leave. But the end of days is only known by the Father himself. And so Jesus also ascribes this power, this authority. And Jesus reserves this special place for God the Father. But let us not misunderstand God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit are one God. They are not three gods. They are one God. We refer to the the three persons in the triune Godhead as the Trinity. The Trinity is not found in the Bible. And just because we don't find a word in the Bible, it does not mean it's not biblical. It means that we have given a concept or an understanding of what we have taken in Scripture and we have placed it into terms in such that we understand and that we can refer to Father, Son, and Holy Ghost as the Trinity, as the Triune Godhead, as Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So Paul ascribes this power, this authority to God the Father while speaking of Jesus Christ, and that's good theology. Although we know that they are one and the same. I hope that makes sense to you. This is good teaching. This is good Bible teaching. Let's continue. To the churches in Galatia. Aha! There is our reference to Galatia as a region, not a city. Right? So, whenever you hear somebody misspeak or say, To the church in Galatia. Or to the people of Galatia. It's not to the people in the city of, but it's to the people in California, right? To the churches in California, or you can say Los Angeles. Los Angeles, in and of itself, if you drew boundaries around the great metropolitan city of Los Angeles, it's probably just as big as Galatia itself. We have 14 million people between Los Angeles, San Bernardino, Riverside, Orange County, San Diego, this great big metropolitan region, over just about 14 million people, man, that's a lot of folks. Anyway, let's not get bogged down in this. To the churches in Galatia, which, what does this mean? Paul intended for this letter, this Magna Carta, (laughs) to be distributed, to be passed on by itinerant preachers, itinerant teachers. What does the word itinerant mean? Itinerant means that it is somebody that goes to a place, stays for a period of time, packs up his bags, and then moves on and does the same thing over and over again. An itinerant teacher or preacher or traveler is somebody that goes from place to place to place to place, but all with one great purpose in mind. And in this case, somebody that might take this letter, have scribes that are capable of copying... The Greek letter over and over again and then distributing these these holy scriptures. These they were just letters, they weren't meant to be um author divine authority or authoritative in any way when Paul wrote them. You need to understand that about the scripture. This passage right here was simply a letter that Paul was writing to the churches that were gathering um. They were gathering in the name of Jesus. And Paul wanted to make sure that they had good, sound doctrine. And that they weren't being influenced by outsiders. Praise the Lord. Let us continue. Grace. What's the the Greek word for grace? Karis. Kadis. That's the theme for our, our church this year is by His Grace. By the grace of God. Kadis. Kai. And the Greek word for peace, Irene. Kadis. Kai. Irene. In other words, the word Karis or the word Irene. Right? Isn't that great? Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh man, I'd love to just continue reading, but I I can't. It's just so rich and it's chock full of of goodness. Once Once you pop it, you can't stop it. Paul is speaking now on behalf of God, on behalf of Jesus Christ, with such thunderous authority. In other words, Paul knew what it was like to walk in the anointing of Jesus Christ. And that's what you and I have to do on a daily basis. God is calling us to walk in the anointing and under the anointing every day of our lives. To speak with such authority on behalf of God to the world. The other day, I texted somebody. And it was the wrong number. In other words, somebody had gotten a new phone and the old number had now been given to somebody else and they cussed me out. (laughs) Said, hey man, God bless you. And they cussed me out. You guys ever had that experience? It's like every every cuss word in the book, man, they texted me back and everything like that. And I said, oh, I was trying to do the nice thing. You know, I was like, oh I'm sorry, wrong number. And then they said, um, yeah, don't hit me up anymore, you blank blank blank. Um and then I was like, whoa. I was like that they, they cussed at me again. And I said, um, all right, here we go. I stepped into the phone box. I put on my super Christ outfit and I responded back. I said, um, may your mouth be shut in the name of Jesus Christ. May you not profane the name of God or blaspheme the name of God in Jesus Christ. May the Lord close your mouth and may you not respond anymore to my text messages and may God deal with you um, according to how God desires to deal with you. And so I spoke with authority over this person that was who claimed to be Jesus Christ himself, Mother Effer, the person wrote. Um, and I said, no, that we draw the line right there. We draw the line right there. And now you're going to see a different kind of authority that's going to come right back. I was talking with Pastor Dozier Uchebulam, This past Sunday, and we were talking about having engagements with people in the world that don't have um, good intentions for God's people. People in the world that don't have good intentions for anybody, or that are really sometimes wolves in sheep's clothing, or people that are looking to take advantage of people or situations. Whenever anybody comes and tries to intimidate any one of us, any one of you, Um, You can speak boldly with authority and call for Jesus Christ and his angels through the power of the Holy Spirit to shut people's mouths, to remove them from the situation, and to be gone and to never come back again. We have to know how to speak with authority to situations or people who are stepping out of bounds, especially when it comes to our God. Amen? Amen. All right, so um, you guys are going to crack up when I ask you this. I don't know what time it is and I can't see cause I don't have a watch on and I am, I am, um, um, just going into the word of God. So can you just type in right there on the comment box, what time it is in real time so that I know where we're at? Because, uh, if we're coming up against an hour, we're going to have to shut this thing down and we're going to have to, you know, let the next pastor continue to, um, to build on this next week, but uh, okay, seven twenty-five. <laughs> Thank you, Sister Tracy. Praise God, because I can't see the time here on my phone. So we we got five minutes. We're up against the clock. But but here here it is, here it is. Let us let us keep reading. I'm going to read for about six six more verses. All right, and then we're going to close it down. Um, I hope you're having a good time in God's Word. I am. That's why I can't I can't be quiet. I can't shut up. But look what he says here, verse four, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. I believe we talked a lot about that so far in the Bible study, according to the will of our God and father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Now, when Paul says, according to our, our will, um, according to the will of our God and father, what it means is that, that Paul is giving credence and precedence to the work um, of God, which is through his son, Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is in fact God. He's the son of God. Um, and that God's plan for redemption and salvation in the world is his agenda. Paul says in this, um, this prescript, amen. Verse six, I am astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what You accept it. Let him be eternally condemned. I'm going to pause there for a moment. We're going to end right there on that verse. Strong words from the Apostle Paul. The gospel that reached you, the gospel that penetrated your heart, the gospel that brought you to your end um, and brought you to the beginning of a new life in Christ is the same gospel that Paul is talking about right here when he says, Hold to that gospel. The gospel that was preached for the forgiveness of sin. For the elevation of no man, no woman, no thing, no person other than God himself. The gospel that preached Jesus Christ and him crucified. Is the gospel that Paul wants us to hold on to. Is the gospel that Paul wants us to protect, to preserve. Not to protect and to preserve to the place where we we get it, and we bury it, and we put it away. No. The gospel that he has called us to protect, and to preserve, but to preach, and to teach, and to share, and to testify about. That is the gospel that, that the Apostle Paul is admonishing us as people of the church of Jesus Christ today, to not let Slick talkers, people that are self-seeking, people that are feeding their own appetites, according to 1 Timothy, but that we would focus wholeheartedly on The gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel that says that we are a broken people that are in need of fixing. And God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to do the fixing. He sent himself, in other words, so that we might be Restored to him. It's out of that profound gratefulness. It's out of that sincere repentance. That we recognize who Jesus is. And what he's done for the world. Today, on this Ash Wednesday, today, on this 40-day ascent to the empty tomb, may you invite Jesus Christ into your life. May you ask God to forgive you of your sins. May we reflect on the fact that we are sinners, but let us not stay there as our devotion from Henry Nowen has stated. Let us choose to focus rather on the work of Jesus Christ and his love for us so that we don't stay down. So that we don't get bogged down in our guilt. So that we don't let our sin Our fallenness or our temptations or our vices keep us away from Jesus. The devil wants us to focus on our brokenness, our sin, our temptation. He wants us to focus on our mistakes. He wants us to focus on all those things. So he pulls us away from him. He pulls us away from church. He causes us to dwell on guilt, on shame and all those ugly things that are not of God but remember what Paul said in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 to focus rather on the fruit of the spirit his goodness his gifts to us that he gave us when we received Jesus Christ he gave us his spirit yes love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These, there are no limitations. These are the things that God has given to us. And he allows us to celebrate these things. He allows us to walk with him joyfully and recognize him each day. Just imagine how much he loves you. Imagine how much he loves me. So let's remain committed to the work of Jesus Christ. Let's get prepared to get back to church. Let's get prepared to to press back into fellowship, to be a part of the great work that God has called us to. Hey, if you're with us on this call and you've never invited Jesus Jesus Christ to come into your heart, we'd like to pray with you. We'd like to give you an opportunity to um, ask the Lord Jesus to come into your life. We'd like to give you the opportunity to declare and proclaim that you believe that Jesus Christ is God, And that you can confess it with your mouth. Because it's through confession and belief that Paul says we are saved. That Jesus Christ is God. That he died on the cross and he rose on the third day. And and I believe that in scripture. Romans chapter 10 verse 9. If that's you, we want to invite you to pray with us. Father God, forgive me of my sin. Thank you for allowing me to recognize my brokenness and my, my need for a savior, my need for you, God, my need for Jesus. Jesus, I open my heart and I invite you to come into my life. I thank you for dealing with my sin and the sin of the world. And I desire to commit the rest of my life to walking with you. Show me the way, oh God, give me your Holy Spirit and open my mind so that I can understand the word of God and become a follower of you, to become a disciple of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for your mercy, for your grace, for your patience, and your faithfulness to me and to all of those in the world who have also recognized it. And Father, we pray that you would soften the hearts of those around me Holy Spirit, would you direct me to begin to share my faith with others of what God has done in my life? I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, if um, the word of God through the book of Galatians was an encouragement to you today, we want to invite you to have uh, somebody join you next week, next Wednesday. Let somebody know about our Wednesday night Bible study. We'll be continuing our study in the book of Galatians. Remember, the Magna Carta of our Christian faith. The great apologetic of our Christian faith. The Apostle, one of the, uh, the Apostle Paul's greatest works and letters to the early church. If you want to know more about our church, Mission Ebenezer Family Church, or The Mission, as I like to call it, we want to invite you to go to our website, at www.missionebenezer.org, missionebenezer.org. The word Ebenezer simply means rock of help. Comes from 1 Samuel chapter seven, verse twelve. That's where we get our name. That's where we get our calling and our reminder that God is with us all the time. At missionebenezer.org, you can find all of the information you need to know about our church. But more importantly, we want to get to know you. And so we ask that you would fill out our connect form right there at the bottom of our website. That'll be sent to our church communications team. Our connections ministry is going to reach out to you. We're going to send you some literacy so that you can grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you have any special needs, if you have any strongholds, any addictions that you're struggling with, and you want us to to turn you to one of our ministries that can help build you up, that can help bring deliverance in your life, we'd like to do that for you as well. It's an amazing place, even more importantly, an even um, greater people that God has called to do great work. And guess what? I feel like we're just getting started. So welcome aboard and welcome home. We can't wait to see you soon. Sunday morning services at 9 a.m. in English, 11 a.m. in Spanish, under the big tent right there in the Horseshoe area of our church. We can't wait to see you at 415 West Torrance Boulevard, Carson, California, 90745. Thanks for tuning in, being a part of our Ash Wednesday uh, Lenten service here at the mission. God bless you. We love you. Bye-bye.